just looking at Mark play the drums. I know he plays the guitar. I don't like to brag, but I played the recorder in school um, and the saxophone, <laughs> but uh, not as good as that. So, well, this morning, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to look at chapter one of Proverbs, and this is uh, going to be a different type of style that I normally preach. I'm just going to read the whole chapter, but not read it all at once. And I was thinking about the New Year's, right? We've just been talking a little bit about it, haven't we? We've been talking about how um, it's an opportunity for a new start. And, and, and let me tell you, I don't know about you all, but I need a new start probably every three weeks. I don't know, but it just seems that way. Um, but it's a good thing to have a marker in our lives that um, we, we understand we can always have a new start in the Lord as Christians, but sometimes we need that marker just like what we're getting at New Year's. And I think we should take advantage of it. So this morning, I want to talk to you about being able to live at ease and fearless. And I think this is probably something that most people would like to be able to do in their lives, especially with this new year coming up. I don't know about y'all, but I've got Facebook, and uh, I see all of the posts that everybody puts up. And a lot of them this year, were they were basically like, good, good riddance to 2021. Did y'all pick up on that? I'm glad that year's behind us. We've had a bad couple of years, and uh, it's been very difficult. So everybody's like, good riddance to that year. Let's hope for the best this year. And, and it's almost like we're trying to put our hope on some type of fate being good to us, or maybe there's some type of luck out there that we can maybe somehow to happen across and get into so that we can have a better year. And I think that what we need to remember is that it's going to be dependent upon the Lord, isn't it? Everything that you and I may want to do is going to be dependent upon the Lord. And so we sang some songs this morning, and, and honestly, I wish I knew, remember the chorus of the, the song before the last one we sang, but Jesus makes a way. Wasn't that one of the lines? Jesus makes a way where there is no way. Have you ever asked yourself, how does he do it? Anybody ever ask yourself that? I mean, because if, if I don't know anything about Jesus Christ, I come in here, what I'm hearing is that we just sang about how Jesus makes this way. And, I, and the only thing that popped in my head while we were singing it was uh, the Red Sea, right? We all know that story. Remember that? And, and, and the wind blew all night long, and God held the Egyptians at bay so that the children of Israel were not annihilated. But there was no place for them to go. They were up against the sea, and probably people would have said, oh, how stupid Moses is. He ran these people to a place where there's no escape, right? But we know the wind blew all night. Next thing you know, the sea parts. It begins to part. And they go across on dry ground. Now, here's the key. He's making a way where there's no way, right? If he's making a way where there's no way, you and I still have to step into that Red Sea and go through, don't we? You know, because a lot of this doesn't just happen on its own, does it? And I want you to know this about Jesus, because if you're like me, when I was a kid, I think I've told, I'm going to go ahead and tell this story, and I want you all to forgive me right up front for being truthful about the way I was and I, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that I just thought what we did is we prayed, have to believe it, and then God should do it, right? Doesn't that sound a little bit like I'm controlling God? 
just a little bit. I'm going to, this is what I want. I'm going to pray, and then God has to give me what I want, and I just, but the only way he's going to give me what I want is I just got to believe real hard, right? But you know something, when I was in high school, I was a stinker, man. I mean, I'm serious. I, I, if, if, if we were in Indiana, some of y'all be going, amen, pastor, right? We, I mean, I'm telling you, I was ornery. And, I, and I, I might have used this illustration with you before. If you could have hooked me up to a lie detector test, and if you'd ask me, Scott, why are things not going well for you? I would have said, I don't know. And I would have passed with flying colors. You understand what I'm saying? So if I took the basketball analogy, basketball was something important to me in high school. I just, I, I mean, I love practice even more than the game, right? I just loved it. And I just, I mean, it, I don't know how to explain it to you. I got goosebumps just talking about it. You ever leave your team out on the court, you'd know what I'm talking about. There's, there's nothing like it. And I'm telling you right now, it was, it was something that was important to me. And I can tell you that I spent four years in trouble with my coach. Four years. And here's the thing. I thought that I was so good that he would rather win and play me in spite of go by his moral code. I really did. I would find myself sitting on the bench and I would be thinking, why is he not playing me? And I remember praying, Lord, put me in. Put me into this game. And guess what? He didn't do it. And I look back on it now, it's obvious that if as a 53-year-old man now, looking back, I can tell you that the reason I didn't get into the game and I'm going to give you a couple of things just to show you the type of person I was. So y'all don't just, just don't judge me, okay? My, I'm, I'm sure my wife's like, oh my gosh, here we go. I would show up to basketball practice drunk. You believe that? It's just, I mean, <laughs> it's pitiful, isn't it? What in the world would I be thinking, Right? Or I might, if, you remember the Back to the Future stuff? Remember those old movies where they'd call Marty McFly a, a chicken? And we used to say, we didn't say chicken, what we would say is, you're scared. And when we say you're scared, then whatever outrageous thing somebody told you to do, you would go do it. It's, I, I, I stand here amazed at myself, honestly. And I would wonder why, while I'm sitting there on the bench, why in the world is God not working for me? I hope that paints a picture to you because it kind of goes in contrast with what we say, with at least with the way of what we understand when we say Jesus makes a way. Well, he does make a way but you and I have to follow his way, don't we? See, this is where the problem comes in. All we have to do is get on Facebook, and you're going to see posts from people who are having difficulties in their lives. 
And these are the ones who are basically saying, good riddance 2021, I don't want another year like that, right? And if you watch over the last six months, probably, you might have somebody in mind who is like I was when I was playing basketball, trying to figure out why things aren't going well for me, thinking that maybe somehow everything should just turn around because I think it's supposed to turn around. Maybe you know people who are going through difficult moments in their lives. In fact, I would say that I, it's almost like people, have you ever been around people who are maybe in a bad marriage because maybe they married an alcoholic I'm just, or somebody who has, or has been abusive to them? And then once they get out of that marriage, do you know what they do? They do it again, right? I hope you understand what I'm saying. Because this happens to even believers. Did you know that? Believers even fall into this category. And sometimes we get frustrated, and like me, sometimes we try to figure out why God is doing this to us, is what maybe we might think. But that's not what he's doing, is it? That's not what he's doing. And so we might think, why is God not working on my behalf? Well, it's because I keep doing things my way. Now, I picked up on this several weeks ago because I was, I was trying to help a student in school. And what was going on is this person was supposed to just literally copy down, literally what, it, so you can see love, live at ease and fearless, Proverbs 1 on your screen right now. You see that. It was the equivalent of me saying, copy down what you see on the board. And so this person might put, Proverbs 1 on there. I don't know if you're all resonating right now. And then they would bring it to me and they'd say, I'm done. And I'd say, no, you're not. You're not done because you didn't put down all the rest. Um, no, I, I, this is what I, I think this is right. This is what would be said to me. And I would ask, I would say, are you doing this your way or our way? And then they start smiling. And they start giggling, and I'm saying, you're doing it your way, aren't you? Yes. But see, that's not the assignment. If you're doing it your way, you're never going to pass because you're not completing the task that we give you. And so if this person has to stay inside instead of go out and have a good time with the rest of the class, then the teacher is the bad person. I hope I'm painting the picture here because I hope you all know something. Um, we can't learn unless we set our will to learning. Did you know that? <laughs> I wish I would have known it 35 years ago, I'll tell you that. So what I'm looking at this morning is Proverbs chapter 1. And this is an interesting passage because we're trying to figure out, okay, the assignment for us this year is going to be able to live at ease and fearless. This is what everybody should want. We want to live at ease and live fearless. Some of y'all might be familiar with Leonard Skinner, right? So, hope so. If you're not, I feel sorry for you. I'm not saying this is a great moral character to follow, but I'm just going to say, if you remember the song, they call me the breeze. I ain't hiding nobody from nobody. Nobody's hiding from me. In other words, I'm not causing trouble with anybody. They're not causing trouble from me. Here I am. I'm, 
where I'm able to live at ease and fearless, right? That's what he's saying. I'm just, I'm just clipping along with life in a happy way. Well, this is a little bit what Proverbs 1 is talking to us about this morning. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a little differently. I'm going to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to break it up into chunks because if we're going to live at ease and fearless, and if you want to learn how to have a different outcome than what you're experiencing right now, I can just give you, if you want to tune out, I'm going to give you the answer. Listen to the wisdom of the Lord. That's how you do it. So I'm going to read verses 1 to 9, and I'm going to stop, okay? I'm going to start with this. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. I'm going to stop. What I forgot to tell you is the book of Proverbs, it's about general revelation, okay? These are truths that every human being is able to actually recognize. This is why we call it general revelation. So when I look at the mountains, okay, I know there's a creator. In fact, I'm going to go on record, and I've said this a couple times before, this is why I really don't believe in atheists, because we somehow know that there is someone other than us that started this whole thing up. And if you go to Proverbs, like I think in chapter 8, what you're going to find is that wisdom was with God in the beginning. So that tells us that there's a principle that is birthed into the world by the Creator that's for all of humanity that if you do this, then you should expect this outcome. If you do that, then you should expect that outcome. So we kind of get the picture. But special revelation is going to be maybe like the book of Exodus. Special revelation is going to be maybe the burning bush experience with Moses and the children of Israel at Mount Sinai when they're receiving the law of God. But what we're dealing with here is that all of humanity is able to recognize the wisdom of God, especially with what I just read. So the first thing I want you to see this morning is those who choose to live at ease and fearless fear the Lord. This is where it starts. Now, you're probably saying, well, pastor, everybody knows that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I believe that a lot of Christians are forgetting this, if not the entire world. We just went through a couple of years that are absolutely crazy here in the United States. And I can tell you that the outlook, you know how everybody said, good riddance 2020 and 2021, we're glad those years are behind us. It's not going to get better until we all decide that we want to live at ease and fearless and understand that we must fear the Lord. Now, when we start talking about what it means to fear the Lord, what Solomon means isn't something like, 
you should be in absolute terror of the Lord. I'll give you a good example of what I'm not talking about is when I dropped my son off, maybe in third or fourth grade, fifth, somewhere in there, at kids camp one year. <laughs> the week went by, it was a nice peaceful week at the house. <laughs> we went to get my son and my daughter, I think she was at that camp, I don't know if she was in teen camp or that one, doesn't matter. But we went to pick up my son and I remember when we picked him up, he was standing around awkwardly and the youth leader was standing there next to him with a smile on his face, okay? Well, apparently what had happened is my son got saved again. Notice the word I said again. And what happened was a thunderstorm had come by, scared those kids half to death, man. And that was when the youth leader decided to talk about the end of the world. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I'm nine years old, we're all coming to Jesus when that's going on, right? We're coming. <gasps> you know, Lord, you can just imagine. And I had to, I spent time on the way home telling my son, you were saved already because I'd even baptized him. He had received Christ. I knew that he was terrorized about who Jesus is, right? We knew this. But one of the things that I want you to know about what it means to fear the Lord is it's to honor and respect him. That's what it means. In other words, what I'm understanding from general revelation is that I know there is a God. There is a God in the universe, and because I'm able to observe the principles of what he's saying, that basically if you don't fear the Lord, things will not go well for you. If you fear the Lord, honor, and respect him, things will go, go well for you. I'm understanding that that is very true, and that means that I am supposed to actually understand that he's the God who's going to hold everyone accountable. And do you know why? Because he sees everything. There's nothing that he doesn't see. So when I look at someone who's like I was in high school, who is just doing things their own way, and they're getting this result, and the matter that they get because of that result, they don't change what they're doing. It's because they've lost sight of believing that God is going to hold us accountable for what we do or we don't do. This is where it starts. If we're going to become wise people and wiser in our actions, it starts when we fear the Lord the right way. So if I honor and respect my God, that means that I don't go by how I feel in my heart. I go by what I know up here, and I don't react to the way I'm feeling. I'm going to react to what I know is true, because I probably, if I'm the, one of the children of Israel, I guarantee you I'm probably not going to feel like trusting that that sea isn't going to collapse on me when I go through, right? That's where I have to put what I feel aside and just believe that somehow my God is going to take care of everything and I'm going to take that first step and go through. So if I fear the Lord the right way, honor and respect him, I'm literally gonna do what he tells me to do. 
I'm just going to tell you that if I would have picked up on that, I would have gotten more playing time. Kid you not. If I just would have known that. Let's look at the next thing I want you to see. Those who choose to live at ease and fearless do not despise wise instruction. Let's read a little bit. This is chapter one still. We're in verse 10. It says, listen to how this goes. I'm gonna, it's giving you an example of someone who does wrong, who knows better. And it says this, my son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole, like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Cast lots with us. We will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths, for their feet rush into evil. They are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. Y'all hear that? They lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square on top of the wall. She cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Stopping for a minute there. Do not despise the instruction of our wise God. Did you pick up on it? Solomon presented what generally would happen. Remember what I said? Instead of Marty McFly, we wouldn't call each other chicken. What we would do is somebody would say, I dare you to do this. And you'd say no, and then they'd go, oh, you're scared right? So what's happening is that there's someone who's firing us up to do something wrong. And what Solomon says here is interesting. Those who are actually encouraging people to do what's wrong are those who do not love the instruction of wisdom. In fact, these are the simple, the foolish, who love their own simple ways. In fact, they love their own way more than they love the way of the Lord. And this is where the problem usually starts, especially if you're someone who's saying, good riddance to 2021, good riddance to 2020, whatever the year may be that you felt particularly um, disgruntled about, it's because the reason why we have these years isn't because of fate or luck or anything of that nature. It's because we act foolishly and love our own ways. In fact, Solomon goes so far as he says, you know what? They're mockers. These people are mockers. In other words, they're making fun of God's wisdom. Is this not what we see on a nightly basis on the news? And then... We as a people in America, we can't figure out why the world's so crazy. It's because we have rejected 
the wise wisdom of God, the principle that he has built into this universe, we have rejected those principles and said that we do not love wise instruction, we love our own instruction. We love to do it our way. And you remember what I said? Can't learn anything until we set our will towards learning, right? I mean, I just can't. In fact, when I was in school, I, you know, y'all know I came down here at 34 and started school again. Crazy, crazy. It was because I knew that I had wasted my opportunity in high school, and I'll never forget that I still had to take my high school transcript, and honestly, I thought I did well in school. Well, apparently, they even give you a grade for driver's education. Did you know that? I got a C. When I got that transcript, I could have fell down. Talk about being foolish and rejecting and despising wise instruction, right? The fact that I came back at 34 demonstrates that I'm telling you what I'm telling you is actually true. I knew that my life was not going well. We had to flip the script. The script had to be flipped. The only way that you can do that is to follow wise instruction. Love wise instruction. I'm going to go ahead and just say, in fact, we have to love wise instruction in, uh, so much that we are willing to learn it from God's word. Because remember, Jesus makes a way. Well, how do you know when to find a way? Right here. In fact, in God's house, you should be hearing wise instruction in God's house, right? I mean, that would be where we would think it is. In fact, if someone tried to talk to me when I was a kid and I was sitting on the bench, I'll never forget my mom and dad saying, well, why don't you just do what you're told? <laughs> that was the stupidest thing, right? Are you crazy? I was despising their instruction. I don't know, if, and, and we're going to pick up on it. And when I finish this chapter, always remember, there's an outcome to what you do, Christian or not Christian. Because this is general revelation for all of humanity, right? There is an outcome. Look at the net last thing I want you to see. Those who choose to live at ease and fearless cling to the Lord's path. Let's finish this chapter so we can see. I stopped at verse 23. It says this, Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. But since you refuse to listen when I call and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. See the reaping and sowing principle? When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes, for the waywardness of the simple will kill them, 
and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But listen to this, whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Y'all see why I named it this now. So we cling to the Lord's path because now that we know there's someone other than us in this world, and now that we know that there's someone who holds accountable for what we do or we don't do, and because he has demonstrated his wisdom for all to see, we picked up on that, then the idea then is that we should hang on to his truth and live this year for the rest of our lives even, live by his commands. This is what we do. Again, those who reject God's way, did you hear what he said? And it's debatable, is he talking about God or wisdom? But for this life, this is, it's important to us, if you want to turn your ears around. Understand that when your calamity strikes because you have made a decision to reject God's will, then you're going to eat the fruit of it. You know, something that stands out to me is not only did I eat the fruit of my poor decision-making skills in high school, but when I got married, my wife and kids ate it with me. You know how bad I want to tell students at school what they're doing? You all listen to me. You're making decisions right now that you're going to eat the fruit of when you're not ready to eat the fruit of it. You're not going to want to eat that fruit because I know down here there's a lot of jobs, but in Indiana there wasn't. And if you didn't keep yourself in a wise way in Indiana, you couldn't get a good job. In fact, it was so much that if your parents didn't, you ate their fruit too. Did you know that? I'm telling you this morning that if we don't cling to the ways of the Lord, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to eat fruit from something. And if you're not on the Lord's pathway, you're going to eat the fruit that maybe you're not wanting. And I got to be honest with you, just because you're praying for God to take that moment away, he doesn't do it. I used to tell him at Mecca, you know what I noticed after I came to Jesus Christ? My consequences were still before me. I still had to, wrestle through consequences of the decisions I've made. But Jesus was showing me the way out. Y'all see what I'm saying? Jesus was turning my life around, and it was because I was willing to listen to him and follow him out. And eventually, my life did become different. But it was because of what we're talking about this morning. If you're wanting to live at ease and live fearlessly, there's only one way to do it. And it's to follow the Lord and the wisdom of the Lord that he lays out for everybody. And I'm going to tell you something. One of the things we sang this morning was there's no sinner that he can't save. Did y'all pick up on that? That is so true. Because what we just learned is that even the foolish 
are capable of learning God's wisdom. And thank God I finally started picking up on it. If you're going to have a better year, the only way you can do it is to embrace the incoming year by saying, I'm going with God this year, and whatever situation I find myself in, I'm going to, the way out that he shows, I'm actually going to do it. I'm not going to do it my way, right? I mean, two plus two equals four, right? We get that. There's nothing to think about there, but if we decide to change somehow some method of getting it, we might try to come up with a different answer, but whether we come up with a different answer or not, it's still that answer, isn't it? So this morning, if you're someone who's thinking, well, pastor, you know, I fear the Lord already. Well, do you? Now, again, sometimes I think we relegate this religion that we practice to basically we do whatever we want and then God cleans our mess up is what we probably hear in a lot of pulpits. But that's not the way it works. If I just let my heart drive me, right, I'm in trouble. I don't let my heart drive me because, first of all, God's supposed to be changing my heart. Second of all, and when I find I fall short of God's grace in my life, I remember that I love him enough that I'm going to honor and respect him. And I'm going to, at the end of the day, I'm going to do what he says. I have to. Because I've tried it my way, in my simple ways, and it doesn't work. If you're someone that wants to turn your year around, look back at your decisions that you had the last couple years. Did you embrace wise instruction in the moment that you needed to hear it? In the heat of the moment, did you listen to that still small voice in, our, in your head? Because this is where God begins to do his work. If you didn't, this year is the year that you turn it around. Turn it around. Lord, I'm going to do your will, even though it may seem to be wrong to me or maybe it hurts, whatever the excuse might be, I'm going to do your will because your way is wise. I see the wisdom. If you're someone that maybe sometimes gets off the Lord's path, we all do. I do. We all need God's grace. I mean, we need his grace, but once we realize we're getting off God's path, you know what we got to do? We got we to go back and cling to it again, right? We got to grab hold of his pathway and say, you know, Lord, you're in your wisdom. You have shown us the way. I'm going to hang on to what you say. I think if we would do this, the fruit that we ate the last couple years as individuals, maybe the fruit that didn't taste so good, maybe we would begin to, in principle, turn that around and have the fruit that we long for. Because then when we pray, God hears, doesn't he? I know this seems like a crazy thing. I wondered, just... This week, I thought about Proverbs. I thought, well, you know, what's it look like to preach that? My hope is you're picking up on what I'm saying. 
Because God isn't going to change his way to match ours, is he? We Christians start picking up on this. I believe God's churches become a lot more powerful in their prayers again. God's churches begin to have an influence on society. I believe that society begins to see a wise people who are not struggling like those who do without the Lord in this world. So 2022, let this be the year that you follow the Lord wholeheartedly and not double-mindedly. Let's pray. Father, we come before you now. We're so grateful for your word. Lord, it's a battle. Even for me, Father, even though I've tasted of both worlds, sometimes, Lord, it's hard for me to keep clinging to your pathway. But Lord, I believe that all of our prayers this morning are that we might live at ease and fearlessly in 2022 and the rest of our lives. Father, I pray that this morning if someone's within the sound of my voice struggling with anything I've said, Lord, remind them of your grace. But Lord, remind each one of us that it's by following your wise ways that your grace begins to do the work that it's always wanting to do. And that's transforming us. In fact, Lord, it's that grace that will put us out of the bad land into the good land. Where we go with you, Lord, we follow you and we allow you to be our Lord and Savior. Now, Father, I pray that you would bless those who are listening to this, Lord, and bring to their remembrance as the weeks come by and in the different things that we find ourselves in, Lord, Help us to be mindful of you. Help us to take what we've learned into the workplace so that people can hear your truths because you don't change. I pray, Father, you bring us back again safely Wednesday and Sunday. First, in Jesus' name we pray. God's people said, amen.